For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, July 25th, 2022. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the biggest news to come out of this past weekend's Comic-Con 2022. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. All right, Brad, I was going to initially the plan was to have Ryan Scott come on and talk about his experience here. But he's actually he worked a half day today because uh, he was traveling. And uh, obviously him and Jacob and uh, Jeremy were covering it on the ground for us in San Diego. And those guys are understandably wiped out. So you and I were covering from the sidelines and publishing just a ton of coverage at Slashfilm. I encourage everybody, as usual, to go to Slashfilm, just like scroll down on the homepage and see all the stuff. If if you're looking for anything, uh, you know, that came out of Comic-Con, chances are pretty good that we wrote about it. So um, there's a lot to talk about here, Brad. Uh, I put a bunch of... a bunch of links in the show notes for this episode. There are several things that I wanted wanted to just like uh, do a, kind of a rapid fire thing with you and just like mention these and see if any uh, anything drew your attention. And then obviously we can spend a, a majority of this episode talking a little bit more about like DC and Marvel because those are sort of the, the heavy hitters. So of course, uh, John Wick Chapter Four. There was a new trailer there. Did you watch that? And what did you think about it? Oh, I definitely did. Yeah, it's a, it's a brief teaser, but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's exactly what you want to see from a, a John Wick movie. Get to see see Keanu Reeves whipping around some nunchaku like really just just beating on a bad guy with swinging around those <laughs> it's, it's it's awesome uh yeah. but yeah I'm of course I'm jazzed for a for a new John Wick movie it's interesting that it doesn't seem like this one has uh, an official title yet because uh the third one was called John Wick chapter three parabellum but this one they kind of just put JW4 and then it said John Wick at the end so I don't know if if like John Wick is the title or if like they're just waiting to re- release a more official title later on. But I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Like, you know, it, my mind instantly goes to like John Rambo or something, you know, like the, the sort of name for the title late in the franchise kind of entry. But it's interesting because the first entry in the series was also called John Wick. And that was, yeah, only and, like and it wasn't from like 20. Yeah. It's like it's from 20 years ago. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I almost kind of hope that they just like lean into the insanity, like fast and furious, uh, nomenclature of just like these titles make no sense now. Um, but, and, and just like stick with the John wick. Uh, but, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, so one other sort of surprise announcement was that, um, Andrew Lincoln came out on stage and I think it was in hall H and, uh, basically announced that those walking dead movies that had been announced back in, I think 2018, 
are now going to be a six episode series on AMC plus. Um, Brad, did you tap out of the walking dead sort of like, uh, years ago as most people that I know did, or you oh, still, oh, yeah, okay. no, no, I, I'm pretty sure I was done like after season three or four, maybe. Okay. And, okay. and like, even at that point, I wasn't necessarily checked out in a way where I was like, man, the show sucks now. I just like, I fell behind and didn't feel compelled to catch up. And then seeing tidbits here and there since then, I've been like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm done with that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I'm curious, like what the, it, you know, the, there's a, we all like to joke that everybody stopped watching The Walking Dead a few years ago, but this is like one of AMC's big franchises. There's spin a million spinoff shows already, you know, either in the works or on the air already. Um, and so clearly like there's, there remains an audience here. And I would actually be curious to see what the, like the diehard Walking Dead fan community who have stuck with the show for this long, think about the idea of, uh, six episode, like six hour miniseries instead of, I think what was originally supposed to be a trilogy of made for TV movies. So, Oof. um, uh, deny Guerrera is coming back as Michonne as well. So, uh, yeah, if you, if you care a lot about that, we wrote about that at slash film. So, um, you can read the article for more details there. Uh, dungeons and dragons honor among thieves. This is the new movie from John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, the guys behind game night. What did you think about this trailer, Brad? Uh, you know, for the most part, I enjoyed it. It was, uh, you know, it, it's better than I thought it was going to be because I wasn't really necessarily super psyched about a Dungeons and Dragons movie. It it kind of comes with the same issue of adapting a video game movie. Like the the love for Dungeons and Dragons comes from, uh, you know, being involved in the game and playing it yourself and like your own experience with it. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know, it's it's not something where there's like all these stories that they're adapting and turning into a movie. They're just taking the framework of this universe and like this fantasy world and creating a narrative that, that runs through it. And so uh, it's cool to see a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, you know, trademarks end up here, you know, like the gelatinous cube and some of, some of the other creatures and things like that. Um, I'm not necessarily sold on it uh, story wise, but it, it looks very cool. And I, I hope uh, that this does something that I've wanted more fantasy movies to do every now and then. It's something that A Knight's Tale did back in the day. Um, a movie that's like, what, 21 years old now or something like that? Yeah, um, I, so. I like that A Knight's Tale used a modern soundtrack despite having the that, that setting from you mm-hmm. know, so long ago. And they use you know a Led Zeppelin song in this trailer. And I hope that, that they use modern music in this movie because the movie itself does have a very modern vibe to it. And I, I think it would be cool if they made that happen. Yeah, I like Chris Pine a lot and seeing him sort of seemingly have a lot of fun in the lead role of this ensemble cast. Uh, looks like it could be a good time. I think Hugh Grant might be, um, when all is said and done, maybe like the big standout, the big uh, winner of this whole thing because he looks like he's doing another sort of, um, you know, a gleefully cheesy villain turn a la Paddington 2. So uh, we'll see. And, and, and the gentleman, he's having so much fun doing these bad guy roles lately. Oh yeah, I never got around to seeing the gentleman, but uh, he's good in that. Do do you think uh, his performance there is like actually worth watching the, the entirety of that movie for? Yeah, I mean the movie itself is honestly pretty fun. It's not it's not great, uh, but yeah, he's he's enjoyable in it, and there's some some decent action. Uh, so so yeah, if you haven't seen it, I think you should check it out. Okay, so there's one more thing that I just want to touch very briefly on before we get into DC and Marvel, and that is that uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is going to have a crossover with Star Trek Lower Decks in season two. So um, I have seen, I think, two seasons of uh, of Lower Decks, maybe maybe a season and a half, and then I've not seen any of Strange New Worlds. I know that that is like the big 
Star Trek show that everybody seems to love after its first season. The really interesting thing here is that uh, Lower Decks, of course, is an animated series. And then the the actors who provide the voices for uh, the characters of um, Mariner and Boimler, who is uh, Tawny Newsome and Jack Quaid, respectively, are going to be playing their, their same animated character roles in live action and, and crossover with this uh, Strange New Worlds live action cast. So um, I, I don't know how tapped in you are to any of this Star Trek stuff, uh, Brad. I know Jacob is like our, our resident Star Trek nerd over here. But um, have you dipped into Lower Decks at all? I haven't. And, you know, I, I've heard from a lot of people that it's a show, Star Trek show that you can watch without necessarily having to be really tapped into the entire franchise as a whole, even though you will enjoy certain things more if you know, like, deep cuts and references and things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, but I still haven't dived in. There's, there's like, the completest in me would prefer to be more well-versed in Star Trek. And it's something that, other than the movies, I really just haven't kept up with uh, in, in television or anything like that. So yeah. I haven't, I haven't dived into uh, dived into either series but i do think that it's it's awesome that the uh, you know these two uh you know actors who voice those characters get to do live action because that's something that uh even star wars hasn't done very often uh you know i think that um the only one that they have used the voice from the animated series and brought over into live action is um uh what's the name of the actress who plays bo katan I'm, I'm blanking on her oh uh katie sackoff <laughs> yes katie sackoff yeah yeah so they so she voiced that character in, in animation and then now she's doing the live action version but otherwise they haven't uh done a lot of that so that's that's pretty cool that they get to bring those characters into that universe yeah i'm, I'm guessing the trek uh fandom will be very thrilled with that okay so let's get into the the big chunk of uh what we're going to talk about here so um I was actually kind of surprised, Brad. I don't know if you were too. So much of this was happening so quickly that you and I have not actually had a chance to do like a sort of a proper debrief of like what we actually thought about a lot of this stuff because we were just like editing and publishing in such a, a mass yeah, rush. So there was yeah, there were so many like details that like I missed and stuff I had to go and read because I was dealing with other stuff while somebody else was working on you know one of the other stories. So I had yeah. after after it was over, I had to do like my own little catch up on what was on Slashville. Yeah. So um, what did you think about the uh, the Black Adam trailer? Um, I should, I guess, just to lay the groundwork here, DC um, and, and Warner Brothers, they only, I think as far as I know, Brad, uh, they only released footage for two movies, and that was Black Adam and Shazam! Fury of the Gods. And I think a lot yeah. of us were expecting there to be a lot more of a, of a presence from DC and Warner Brothers here. Um, but they kind of just like kept it, you know, laser focused on these two projects. So um, what did you think about the Black Adam uh, I guess it's a sort of a shorter trailer, but yeah. So Black Adam, I'm basically in the same camp that I was even before this footage came out where like, I'm, I'm curious and I'll go see it, but like, I haven't seen anything about it that has me super jazzed. Um, I, I think I'm more interested in the justice society than I am in Black Adam, just because mm-hmm. like we've seen the, Oh, he's a powerful anti-hero. You know, what are we going to do about this? Um, and like, you know, it, it is cool to see Dwayne Johnson in this, this mode of role that he's obviously passionate about. And, uh, I like the look of it. It has this like saturated, um, kind of cinematography feel to it, but yeah, I, I haven't seen anything where I am actually like straight up excited to see this, but I, I will see it in theaters. Um, and I hope that, you know, it does have something good to offer. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat. I feel like, um, 
I'm I'm sick of this movie, even though it's not even close to coming out yet. I think it comes out in like October or something. But like, I don't know if you heard, but like it's supposed to change the hierarchy of the DC, uh, you know, power structure. Uh, Dwayne Johnson has just been hyping this so excessively for so many years. It feels like that um, that I just feel like okay, let's move on. And I, I don't know. I'm I'm at the stage now where like. I will probably see it because I'll have to see it for work. But this kind of right now seems like the perfect, uh, you know, watch it on TNT a year or two after it comes out kind of movie where like I might actually enjoy that experience more like yeah. so divorced from the um, the promotion cycle and like the where does this fit in with the D- what DC's plans are and all of that just kind of like give it time to like settle in and like exist on its own terms. And maybe I would be better able to engage with it that way. But uh, I'm, I'm right there with you where like, you know, nothing, nothing is like super jumping out at me as like, Oh man, I'm, I'm really stoked about this aspect or whatever. Except so, I think, I think the one thing that I'm, I'm most excited about, I think that looks, looks awesome is Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. That looks yeah incredible. Yeah, at least his his costume design and everything looks cool, and I, I don't really know much about his about his powers in this short uh, one minute or whatever it is trailer um, that was released. It looks like there's a bunch of Doctor Fates uh, sort of like holding Black Adam back at one point, and I, I have not done like a deep dive on like what this character is able to do or anything. So um, he seems to be like teleporting through a lot of portals and <laughs> flying around and stuff. So yeah, I've got a lot of, t- of work to do before uh, I actually see Black Adam. But what did you think about um, Shazam Fury of the Gods? Because that's one I remember you being uh, pretty high on the, the first Shazam movie. Yeah, I love this trailer. Uh, I definitely um, very much enjoyed uh, the first Shazam movie. And I thought that this looks great. You know, it's um, if it does feel like the kids have grown up uh, pretty significantly, especially um uh asher angel or is it angel asher i forget uh asher angel yeah asher, yeah uh he like first there was a couple shots where like i didn't recognize him i was, I was like who the hell is that and it's like oh jesus <laughs> that, that kid he's all grown up at stranger things all over again yeah um but yeah i you know i i love the the mix of comedy and superhero stuff with this and i especially like that they have the whole shazam family uh being a big part of the sequel i i love that shot where they all say shazam and change like in a puff of smoke as they're walking yeah. down, down a street uh there's just a lot of cool stuff on on display here i, I think david sandberg really has a grasp on how to make a fun superhero movie that feels like uh it mixes with today's superhero culture but also has like this 1980s you know throwback vibe to it yeah there's a good mix of like um obvious vfx kind of stuff where like the characters are flying around and you know going through buildings or whatever they do you know just like yeah. giant uh, superhero action and then the stuff that like that scene that you're talking about it really feels uh, tactile that sort of transformation scene it feels like they shot they did two takes of a shot and like actually did release a puff of smoke and had the two sets of actors walk through it and just married the takes together and like you it, it just um i don't know it feels like uh you can feel the love in in those little moments instead yeah. of you know the whole thing just being uh sort of generic you know it's, it's funny uh david's uh, f sandberg actually released a video himself um either today or yesterday since the trailer was released uh breaking down some of like interesting easter eggs and details like kind of behind the scenes of uh the footage that was shown and that shot of them saying Shazam and changing, they said that they initially didn't have such a like in, um, like upfront shot of them changing from kids into their superhero alter egos. They, they actually originally did it off screen. But I guess uh, in the, the test cut, they used um, a shot 
that they didn't use in the first movie with all of them transforming. And no one, he said, no one realized in the, like the test screening that it was an older shot, despite the kids looking younger. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and everyone loved it for, in that movie. And so they're like, Oh, well then maybe we, we really need to show this, you know, in the, in the sequel. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, okay. So yeah, I'm excited to see like, uh, you know, Dame Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu, uh, pop into this universe. I'm still not fully clear on who Rachel Zegler from West side story is playing in this movie. There's like, by my uh, observation, only one real shot of her in this uh, in this trailer. Maybe I have not read our own uh, Shazam: Fury of the Gods trailer breakdown yet, so maybe somebody spotted something in the in the details there that I missed. But um, yeah, uh, lots to uh, to look forward to there. Um, I guess before we move on to Marvel, Brad, what were your thoughts on like DC's uh, strategy here of just focusing on these two movies because they have so many projects in the works that they could have talked about here. You know, I think that it's the the big reason that this didn't happen is because Warner Brothers are still cleaning house and figuring stuff out after the merger with Discovery. And so I think that they probably just wanted to put their best foot forward as far as the projects they knew that they could easily provide footage for and tease uh, and not really have to worry about setting up much else. I think they're probably still figuring out their approach for other franchises and other projects that were in the works now that they have this business merger to deal with and figure out how their money's going to be spent and what's going to happen with that. So using, you know, Black Adam and Shazam, the the next most immediate projects, was, I think was the best approach. I was a little surprised that they didn't do like some kind of tease for Aquaman 2. Uh, since that felt like something they could easily show some footage from, but maybe they're just uh, too busy to work that out. And uh, yeah. we, don't, we all know why they didn't show anything from The Flash. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I really kind of was um, expecting a surprise Michael Keaton appearance and like no uh, Ezra Miller on stage, but I feel like bringing Michael Keaton out in front of the Comic-Con crowd would have just been, you know, a way for them to, um, to almost like win Comic-Con. Like that would have been huge, I think, and, and relatively easy to do, but I think you're right. I think they're probably just like, okay, let's divert attention away from this sort of behind the scenes disaster stuff that we have instead of just like shining a spotlight on it. So, um, yeah, we'll have to, to wait and see like how, how they plan to like roll this stuff out and where they put their focus in the, in the coming days. Uh, but speaking of focus, let's turn ours to Marvel. And before we talk about like their, uh, I guess, larger plans. Um, one thing that I'll just mention real quick, and then we can get into like the nitty gritty is that uh, early on in the uh, Marvel presentation, they announced that um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is going to be the end of phase four. And then they showed a trailer, our first look at, at anything really. We had, I don't think we'd seen a single image or a poster or anything for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, despite the movie coming out this November. So not very long from now. And uh, holy shit, Brad, like this trailer is unreal. What did you think about it? Yeah, I have watched this trailer so many times now because it is such a great trailer. It's uh, it does this phenomenal way, uh, phenomenal, there's this phenomenal thing of seamlessly mixing this very touching, emotional uh, tribute to Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. And then like weaving in like teases of what the story is going to deal with by introducing Namor, the, the Submariner, uh, and this war that seems to be brewing between Wakanda uh, and the Atlanteans. So yeah, I man, this the the music, the the cinematography, just the everything about this trailer is incredibly cool and. I, I have been somewhat skeptical of how this Black Panther movie was going to work since we don't have Chadwick Boseman anymore. Uh, yep. But but man, Ryan Coogler has like removed any doubt in my mind whatsoever. I'm, I'm so hyped for this movie now. Yeah, I mean, talk about like ending phase four on a high note. Like this looks unreal. And the, the moment where um, 
Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda talks about like, you know, having lost everything and and she's still, you know, she's still there. It's just like the, the fact that this trailer, there's obviously, as you know, a million different ways to approach something like this. But the fact that this trailer like took a second to highlight Angela Bassett as like and just like showcase her raw emotion, I think did a great job of not only just giving a great actress who has not uh, been given her due um, a little bit of time in the spotlight, but also drawing that parallel that you mentioned of like uh, really underlining the fact that this movie is going to deal significantly with the loss of this, this character and this actor that, that everybody loves so much. Um, But also, yeah, man, like just, uh, I I don't know. I I was trying to think in my, in my head, I've not um, committed every Marvel trailer to memory, but can you think of a better Marvel studios trailer? Like was, is, is the, um, I don't know, one of the trailers for like Endgame or something like, um, or, or maybe the first Black Panther. Is there anything that rivals this in your mind as like, uh, you know, one of the, the greatest Marvel trailers of all time? Gosh, um, I do remember the, yeah, the, I remember the first trailer for Avengers Endgame being pretty good. But, but also, I think I'm thinking of maybe what was like the Comic-Con trailer where, where they ended with uh thanos like throwing chunks of that planet at uh oh, yes you know star lord and iron man or that because that was like a holy shit moment yeah that uh, must have been infinity war right I yeah yeah was, yeah infinity yeah. war yeah yeah not endgame um and then i guess i i still love the the first uh guardians of the galaxy trailer i think that's a pretty yeah. perfect trailer as far as setting a tone introducing characters and just being generally cool but yeah. uh but yeah this like this trailer just feels you know epic like like truly epic you know it's that that word gets thrown a lot nowadays but it really does have that feel to it yeah man i i'm so excited about this uh okay also, so I, I did have one thing that i was i i've been thinking about and i don't know uh how how likely it is or that but i thought it was very interesting that you hear uh angela bassett's character say that she's lost her entire family and that made me wonder if shuri is going to die in this movie as well and like it'll be a big thing that like just like send like shakes Wakanda to its core even more so, you know, because they've because they've lost T'Chaka, they've lost T'Challa. And then if they lose Shuri, you know, like then she has lost her you know entire family. Because I feel like it would be weird for her to say that and have Shuri still, you know, be alive. Like that that feels like it would be kind of like a shitty thing for today. I had not thought about that. I wonder if um, if Shuri like. Or she gets goes, kidnapped, maybe, or something, you know, or, or or like uh, does a heel turn or something. Oh, okay. Um, like maybe she doesn't because we see her in this trailer, and I feel like it would be really weird for Marvel to be like, "Hey, psst, by the way, one of the main characters is dead in this movie." Like one, you know, one of the the main characters who's not uh, who's not T'Challa. Um, like the idea of uh, of quote unquote killing her off screen by revealing the information. Oh no, her. I don't. I don't think they would kill her off screen. I think that she would die at some point in this movie, and that's a scene. And that's a scene from later. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. I'm just not uh, describing myself correctly or describing it correctly. But yeah, I, I don't know. That's a that's a really interesting idea because that yeah that does make it seem like what is Shuri's reaction to hearing that? It's got to be um, unless she's like gone full villain or something. Uh, that's got to be sort of a dagger to the heart kind of moment. So, um, hmm, yeah, something to think about. Okay, so, um, so Brad, I don't even know where to start here. So Marvel announced uh, its Phase 5 slate. We've been wa- talking endlessly, seemingly, about the direction of Phase 4 and where is all this leading and everything. And we knew that that uh, Kevin Feige and, and the folks at Marvel were going to bring the goods to Comic-Con, and they did. They announced that Wakanda Forever is going to be the end of Phase 4, and then they also announced 
phase five. So I'll just run through these very briefly. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, followed by Secret Invasion, followed by Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, followed by Echo, Loki Season 2, The Marvels, Blade, Ironheart, Agatha, colon, Coven of Chaos, not House of Harkness, as was previously uh, revealed or teased. And then Daredevil, colon, Born Again, which I think is going to be an 18-episode series on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Captain America, New World Order. And then Thunderbolts, a Thunderbolts movie, is going to be ending Phase 5. So... I mean, that, that's a lot of stuff right there. And then uh, I think soon afterwards, they also announced, oh, by the way, phase six, we're, we're here to make some some announcements for phase six as well. And uh, a Fantastic Four movie is coming out in November of 2024. That is going to be in phase six. And then I guess the whole thing is going to culminate with uh, two more Avengers movies, uh, Avengers colon the Kang Dynasty and Avengers colon Secret Wars. So... Uh, lots to, to talk about here, lots to process. What was your thought, I guess, like, you know, once you, you mentioned having having to uh, do your own little catch up after uh, the rush of, of initial publication, um, you know, sort of wore off here. When you were settling in and taking a look and, at what Marvel has to, to offer here, what were your thoughts about this, Brad? Yeah, I, I honestly kind of couldn't believe how much they announced because it felt like so much. Um in the grand scheme of things, it makes sense because now they don't just have movies, you know, they have TV shows uh, and they have just about as many TV shows as they do movies. So the, it's just nonstop Marvel stuff every year. Um, so, yeah, this was it was wild, you know, just just to see how much they were unloading and how fast they were doing it. We were, you know, scrambling to keep up with all these announcements. Um yeah, and the thing, the crazy thing too is like there's still so much to fill in for Phase Six between Fantastic Four and those two Avengers movies. So mm-hmm. there's still so so much mystery there. Um, I think you know the the thing that I'm most curious about are how certain things like fit into the overall structure of like what's coming for um, you know what they're referring to as the multiverse saga. Now that was the name, the title officially given to phase four through phase six. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious how something like Agatha Coven of chaos or the new daredevil series fits into all this. Um, you know, there's, there's just so much in play here. And even knowing this, it's still kind of hard to have a grasp on like, what the overall through line is here. And I, and maybe that'll change once we see uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, because that'll, that'll be the first time we actually get a proper like villain version of Kang after mm-hmm. he appeared as he who remains in the first season of Loki. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's a lot to take in and, you know, it's in a lot of ways overwhelming, but you know, it's, it's definitely exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard a rumor that um, the Daredevil Born Again show, like the, the Matt Murdock that we see in that show, who's going to be played by Charlie Cox as he was on the Netflix version. And I think Vincent D'Onofrio is is uh, confirmed to come back as well to play Kingpin. Um, I've heard a rumor that that uh, that version is not the same version as the, the Netflix guy. So, well, that, I mean, that makes sense. And I feel like that's probably why they're using the Born Again title. Yeah, and also like maybe that's how it it factors into the sort of multiverse uh, angle of it is because it's like a, a different version of that yeah. character. Well, uh, and so what's also interesting about this, and I, I don't know necessarily how much uh, an animated series you know is going to tie into the larger MCU canon, but 
Um, they they also talked about this the Spider-Man freshman year animated series. And for the longest time, this was something that was talked about as something that was supposed to be canon. And everyone thought that it was going to be Tom Holland's like freshman year uh, as Spider-Man, you know, before mm-hmm. we see him in Homecoming. But the the look of the series and the style of it, it looks like it's straight out of the pages of the 1960s comics. And it features like classic versions of characters like Doc Ock. And it features a different version of Daredevil in a black suit voiced by Charlie Cox. Uh, And it's not the black suit that we saw in the Netflix Daredevil series. So I'm wondering if like some of this animated series stuff is also meant to be like part of the multiverse saga. And maybe there will be some like connective tissue there, similar to the way that like, what if, you know, introduced us to these alternate versions of Marvel characters and we saw, you know, like Captain Carter end up in Multiverse of Madness and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, man, I, I'm right there with you in, in terms of like still not having a great grasp of like how exactly the multiverse is, is being used here just because I think it's been used so... Um, strangely to be frank in in phase four like obviously the the uh whatever you want to call it the the time event as sort of at the end of loki season one seemed to be um i don't know like a, a significant event where like things uh you know splintered off and and the the what was it called the uh what timeline not the not the prime timeline but uh the uh what the terminology is escaping me at the moment, but like the main timeline, like think, you know, things split off and, and things got wild there at the very end. And it seemed like, Oh, uh, you know, that definitely opened the door for all of these different stories, no way home and multiverse of madness and all these different things to sort of fall into place and, and neatly slot into a larger story that Marvel is spinning about the multiverse. But all of these projects so far have it have sort of, um, approach everything from uh, from the sidelines in a way like somebody's w- one of these projects needs to just like full-on do a cannonball into the into the deep end of the pool you know it sort of feels like a lot of them have been like hanging out in the shallow end or just like dipping a toe in here and there but like i, I want somebody one of these projects needs to sort of bite the bullet and like do the give me the exposition dump that i need of like how all of this stuff clicks together and, and works and I just I don't know looking at all this stuff that is lined up for phase five do you think Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is like the most likely version the most likely option to to provide that for us uh I I guess so <laughs> uh you know it's there's yeah it's like you said there's just there's just so much going on and I just I I I I think that the biggest challenge like that they have right now is making this feel like something that is uh, as cohesive and, you know, as impressive and large in scale as the Infinity Saga. Because, like, there's so many moving pieces in the Infinity Saga, but after the first Avengers movie, like, we, you really had a sense of, like, where it was going. And it was, it was all going to eventually lead up to Thanos and this big confrontation involving, you know, all the superheroes that we've seen so far. And here, you know, it's it's difficult to see how someone like Shang-Chi is going to end up, you know, working alongside Ms. Marvel, you know, and, yeah. you know, there's it's just, you know, in some ways, I guess this this could prove to be maybe even more epic because of how many different kinds of superheroes they're bringing to, together and, you know, all these different ways. But, you know, I, I just yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm also curious about like um, exactly 
or no, you've got Avengers, the Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars that are supposed to be ending phase six. So um, I, I think Jonathan Majors as he who remains slash Kang is like one of the unequivocal or unequivocal, like knock it out of the park uh, moments in all of Marvel in the past few years anyway. Um, and I, I can't wait to see him you know, play a much larger role or maybe multiple roles, depending on the interpretation of the character uh, in these movies as it, it comes up. So maybe the through line of, of Kang will be the thing that sort of ties phases five and six together. Um, and, and maybe Marvel will be able to sort of retcon some stuff back in from that what we've seen in phase four. Maybe things will make sense sort of uh, later on when we look back. But um, one of the like one of the examples I'm thinking of is like the idea of the young Avengers, right? It's something we've been talking about a lot. So like Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, Avengers Secret Wars is one of those movies going to be all the young team doing something and one of them going to be the remaining sort of older veteran group doing something like do you have any theories about this is ridiculous to even talk about because these movies are not coming out until 2025 and there's so much ground to cover in between now and then but do you have any like ideas or theories based on you know what seeds have been planted in phase four that might uh come to fruition in, in the end of phase six Part of me wonders if we'll get something similar to what happened with the Netflix shows where maybe instead of like young Avengers, like coming together in a big movie form, maybe they'll get their own like uh, TV crossover where there will be a TV show called young Avengers. And then mm-hmm. what happens in that will be something that leads into, uh, you know, something in whether it's, you know, phase phase six or whatever it's, I mean, it probably has to be phase, phase six since that's has the big, the biggest blank spots but mm-hmm. yeah you know i I'm, I'm curious to see how all those characters tie into the larger thing because at this point you know it's like it's unclear as to like how they all will come together because they don't have the same like uh relationship between them or like crossover um potential other than simply being in the mcu where like they've encountered each other or they are you know are actively being put together by nick fury so yeah, I, I I honestly don't know. And like I I also read something interesting. Uh I think it was was it Polygon or I, I don't know, but there's uh some article out there basically broke down how they think Secret Wars could operate as a way for the MCU to uh kind of half reboot itself in a way because mm. certain universes uh get destroyed and certain characters like uh from other universes basically come together in a in a new singular universe and so like it allows characters from a variety of uh parallel universes and timelines to suddenly exist in the same one um and so i think that's an interesting concept and that could be something is as as, like a way that they are able to like bring the x-men in despite you know some some x-men characters having like magneto having a history that ties back to world war ii and stuff like that because at this point if we meet magneto and he he does have a history you know that goes back to world war ii he's going to be super old like even even older than ann mckellen was in the original x-men movies so um yeah i think yeah that, that there's an interesting idea there but uh yeah we still just there's just not enough that we know to really have a good grasp on how this is all going to work yeah one of the things that i wanted to mention is that uh the russo brothers are not going to be directing these two avengers movies i think there was a lot of speculation that like oh maybe they'll direct a secret wars movie or something like that and i think kevin feige specifically said like we love the russos and they love us and we want to do something together but it's not going to be 
these these two Avengers movies that were announced. So that's really fascinating. Also fascinating is that these movies are right now scheduled to come out in the same year, which like uh, Infinity War came out, I think a year before yeah. Endgame, right? Yeah, there was a year um, wait. So the fact that you've you've got two gigantic presumably Avengers movies in the same year is fascinating. Like do the, do they get the same filmmaker to do both of those? Do they, and then if it's not the Russos, like who else is sort of like battle tested enough to be able to handle uh, directing and, and sort of, um, you know, wrangling all of those elements together. I'm, I'm really curious if like John Favreau or like they get John Watts or somebody, you know, a familiar face to, to um, step into that role, or if they're going to pull somebody else, uh, you know, onto the Marvel roster that we haven't seen before that, done something maybe similar so um yeah so like you said so many so many questions so many things to talk about um and yeah i, I really like your idea about the uh the secret wars being the the lead into the x-men and sort of like providing a, a, a narrative reason for those characters coming in because that seems like something that um kevin feige is being super careful about uh because they very easily could have announced, you know, an X-Men movie or something at Comic-Con and they obviously did not do that. And what does that mean? I think it means that they're, they're taking their time uh, reintroducing these characters into the MCU and, and sort of integrating them in that way. So um, any, any other takeaways or, or thoughts or lingering uh, observations or anything that we haven't touched on yet, Brad? I don't think so. You know, we covered all the big stuff. There's just uh, there's so much going on. It's uh overwhelming and crazy and for sure for some people it's uh maybe somewhat exhausting if you've got superhero fatigue if you're you know not very impressed with phase four so far but uh you know i i still i still love these marvel movies and i'm, I'm always going to be curious about what they're trying to pull off next so yeah bring it on do you have any ideas about what marvel might do in uh september when d23 rolls around because i think we were maybe suspecting like they'll announce a bunch of stuff at comic-con but they're also they are also going to be holding some things back for d23 so um what do you think they might talk about there i think that d23 might be where they showcase a lot of uh footage uh more footage from upcoming stuff you know because uh secret invasion um they had they had a teaser obviously but like uh loki season two you know is in production the marvels uh is i I think they're wrapped if not in the middle of production (laughs) um and so there's a lot of stuff that has been shooting Uh, by the time d23 comes around i think ironheart will also have a couple months of production under its belt so i wouldn't be surprised if that's more of a showcase of like the movies that are coming that they've already announced get get, putting some footage out there and teasing what's in store and maybe filling in some of those gaps in phase six. But part of me thinks that maybe some of those gaps might end up being spoilery. Um, yeah. But I, but I feel like there's also easy ones like, you know, a Shang-Chi sequel um, and, and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah may, maybe they'll announce the, that those chunks there, or maybe they'll hold off. Yeah, I think you're right. And and maybe like the, uh, I don't know, something like the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Christmas special or, or the holiday special or whatever. Like oh, yeah, like cause, yeah, because yeah, they, yeah, they didn't showcase anything from that Comic-Con. Yeah, uh, and that's got to be done, right? Because like they're they're already done filming the third Guardians movie. And I think that the Christmas special or the, the holiday special was done first, I think. I yeah, think. yeah, they, yeah, they mm-hmm. shot it first and it's supposed to come out in December. So, okay. All right. Woo, man. Well, we did it, Brad. I'm glad. I'm, I'm proud of us. Uh, we were able to, to do such a gargantuan task. Uh, yeah, and there's, and there's plenty of other coverage on Slash Realm that isn't tied to these projects, too. There was a lot of stuff that we uh, heard about and uh, saw at Comic-Con and covered remotely. So, yeah, just, just scroll down the Slash Realm front page and 
read, read, read. Yeah, I, I would say this is probably, I don't know, 20% broadly speaking of like the franchises and things that we touched on over the whole, maybe a little bit, maybe 30%. Uh, but there, yeah, there's a ton of stuff on SlashFilm.com. So you can go there and you can learn more about all these different stories that we mentioned on today's show. SlashFilm Daily is published every weekday, bringing the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get everything for your next project today at Menards and save big money. Right now, all stock outlets with USB ports are on sale. Ditch the need for bulky USB adapters. Upgrade your home with features like ultra-fast charging, allowing you to charge your smart devices up to 40% faster than standard USB outlets. Also, view our weekly flyer on Menards.com and check out all the great deals happening this week. Save big money.